We appreciate you guys very much and appreciate you sharing. And, and uh, I feel led to say, like, I, I, believe that, I believe that God created me and he can do all things. So I'm asking him to kind of calm my spirit, not in the sense of doing this, but to pause and whatever's dragging me or I think I got to do a little bit later or things that I carried in here with me. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that I believe by faith that God can, can kind of still time here for a second. And we will be laser-focused, Pastor. Laser-focused. Laser, I, I don't mean that in it, but, well, I guess that sounded different than it, <clears throat> that I intended. But I mean this to say, I, I know how who's we can, laser Who's to be laser-focused? Is it me all right, or, or all both right. of us? So, all right, here we just, go. Just, just, just trying to figure this out. All right, so, so what, what I'm asking you to do is please <laughs> consider... We came up with these questions, but I had to stop and think, Mike, you came up with these questions for pastor, but they started with you, and now they're coming to you. So I, I, I didn't lose sight of that. So, pastor, why is it so hard for us to change? Why would, can't we seem to make some changes? I was looking at the questions that I wrote for you, and the ones that you wrote for me seemed a lot harder than the ones that I got for you. I'm just, I just want to throw that out there before I get laser-focused here. True that. <sighs> So, you know, that is, why is it so hard to change? You know, that is one of the things that we, I think if we're honest, don't we all struggle with change? And, and so, you know, change that we're talking about is, is when we're on a path that's, that's not a path that's glorifying to God and a, and a path that we should be on. When we're dealing with hurts, habits, and hangups, and we need to make a change in the direction that we're going to, when you start talking about direction, you can't talk about change without repentance, Repentance is literally, the word means to change direction. I was going this way, but repentance says I'm now coming this way. And the problem is, is so many of us don't want to call our bad habits sin. We rather call them bad habits, bad attitudes. We want to call it a bad attitude instead of saying, you know what, I've got, some, I've got a sinful attitude right now. And so what we want to do is make less of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups and then we don't have to call it repentance. Well, if I'm not going to call it repentance, then it's really hard for me to turn around. So when I look at this, change comes from repentance. Repentance comes from humility. Humility is having a proper estimation of myself, to be honest with myself, to look deep into myself and say, this is where I'm falling short. This is where I'm struggling. Step number four that we read earlier in CR says we continue to make a fearless inventory of ourselves. Lamentations 340, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. To get to the place of change is hard. Staying the same is easy. Right? Right. Continuing down the road of sin that you already marked out for yourself is easy. It's, we're already on the road. It's to change direction that's hard. So when we talk about change, so to get um, staying the same is easy. Think about this. To stay the same only takes pride. To stay the same only takes pride. Pride says I have to be right, I want to be right, and I have a need to be right. Being right is not being righteous. There's a difference between being right, husbands and wives, and being righteous. To be righteous means that I am seeking a righteousness not of my own. I'm seeking what God wants, what He wants me to say, what He wants me to do, and I'm seeking that, not what I want to do and how I want to be looked at. 
And pride also seeks to justify and rationalize all of our sin. When we make a decision, we justify it, rationalize it, so I don't have to take responsibility for it. If I don't take responsibility for something, I will never repent from that. So that's why change is so difficult. Thank you. Laser focus. Thank you, brother. Laser focus. So my question that I have for you, what set, and this is, a, this is really good. When we start thinking about Celebrate Recovery, because there's a lot of recovery programs all over the place. So, Mike, what separates CR, Celebrate Recovery, from all other recovery programs? What to you separates it? In fairness to that question, I really haven't been in any other recovery programs, but I've been in a lot of counseling um, in my personal life. And to me, I would identify it very similar in the fact that the counseling I received was good. I'm not going to say it was practical until it's kind of like the Beatitudes. It's like, you know, inside out of how we think and about being right and righteous and so it was limited. It was just would bring me to the point that I could, there could be some behavior changes in other um, recovery and or personal counseling. But when, when the bottom falls out of life, and I, I don't mean to wish bad upon you, but if you've lived long enough, the bottom falls out at times. And in those times, what I came to find is that about Celebrate Recovery, it's, a, it's a, a, a program that puts Christ at the center. It's not a, a secular counselor who, I, again, I applaud them for, for what they do, but it's not how they identify me. It's how Jesus Christ identifies me. So, <laughs> so in that, that's the difference, and that's why I love CR, and I can tell you some of my dearest friends are part of the Celebrate Recovery program. Some of my, my foxhole buddies, we do life together. We can count on each other. It's not like it, it's, it, we're just there for each other. And, and, I, and I wish some way I could put into words the hope that I have in the program for you or the freedom that you could find in it. I can't make you come, but I can tell you how welcome you are. So... Okay, all right. Pastor, this is my question, and Galatians 1.10 says, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. How has CR ministry benefited you as a minister, as a husband, as a father, as a friend in walking this out? I'm glad that you asked the way that you did. You asked with, as a minister first. When I first thought of CR, I was looking at it from a pastoral perspective. This will be great for our people. This will be great for everyone else. <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible, but that's exactly, I was like, man, this is such a great ministry. I want to have this ministry in the church, so what do I need to do? So that's a pastoral look at it. What do I need to do to get that here? Mike says, well, you've got to go through a step study. So I'm going through a step study thinking about, I got to finish this step study so that it is here. But what I started discovering is when you really work the step study out, you realize how much change and how much work it does in your life. So what happened is I was thinking, man, I need to go through this to get this somewhere else. But then what was happening is God was using it to make so many changes in my own life. 
there's so many times I see people hurrying up through step study so they can become a leader and they miss the whole point of going through the step study and they're not hurt, working on their hurts, habits, and hangups and getting those things where they're in recovery and finding freedom. If I don't find freedom, how can I help anybody else with freedom? So once I realized that, I started focusing on how to can celebrate recovery help me as a, and I'm going to start with husband because that was, that was the next one in. Um, this is the area that I saw the greatest change. Um, for, for most of my marriage, um, you know, my, my wife, I always tease her a lot, probably more than I should because I don't want anybody to ever think, I, I tease her just because that's, that's who I am, but, you know, I've called her my wild Mustang before and, and uh, she's my lion and, and I always tell people that lion eat otters and otter is my personality, she's a lion and, and so we make all these jokes. My wife's very outspoken, but I'll tell you what she loves and she gets her feelings hurt sometimes when, pe- when she thinks that people only think that she's just direct. But the thing is, is that she speaks the truth because she loves people. And there were so many times in ministry, I wanted her to be quieter. <laughs> and there were so many times I'm like, why did you say that? Why couldn't you just be quiet? You know, why couldn't you just think it and not say it? Well, when she thinks it, not says it, her face says it. And, uh, and so what I, I would spend a lot of time trying to do is I was wanting to change her. I wanted her to change. And so <laughs> our marriage got in a really bad place after our son passed away because we had all of our other areas of struggle just as in general as in a marriage. But then you add all of the trauma and grief of your child not being with you there was a point that we, we finally were woken up when I said, I think I'm going to have to resign from Living Water because I can't manage my own house. And that's when she says, then let's go to counseling. We went to counseling, but a lot of the things that counseling did for me was actually just show me what I've already learned at, at CR. Um, and so God spoke to me and said, you are not her God. It's not your place to change her at all. Principle number one, realize I'm not God. It's my favorite principle because that's where most of us struggle. You, it's easy for me to say, well, I know I'm not God, but how much control in my home do I have to have before I realize that I'm trying to play God at the house? So to realize that I'm not her God, I'm not in control of what she does or what she doesn't do or what she says and what she doesn't say, that that's her journey with her God and it's up to God and her to figure out what needs to change and I need to work on me. So when I did that, that was a huge major shifting point in our life. Um, And so as a father was the second area that I saw the greatest change in my life because I had all this built up anger and I didn't even know where it came from. And I would catch myself because I couldn't control things at church. You guys are so uncontrollable that I would get home and feel out of, so out of control that I would have to control everything. How we built the fence, how we swept the barn, how we did this, how we did that, everything had to, had to come perfectly into control. And when it didn't, I would lose my temper and I would yell. 
I'm, I'm not a cusser, but I, I, can, I can raise my voice and use the pastoral authority voice. I am the dad and we're doing it this way and this is how it's going to be and I don't care if you don't like it kind of thing. And principle number two, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. I didn't realize that so much of that anger was stuck in my heart after Malachi passed away. I didn't know what to do with it. And for the longest time, I didn't even know where it came from. I'm like, nobody's really hurt me. No, I was just hurt. And so I'd carried that anger, and every time things didn't go well, that anger came out. And I found that I began to apologize to my kids every time I did that. I'd sit down, I'm sorry. How many times have I apologized? You, you, yeah, you're counting over. Very funny, thank you. So, point made. Um, but that I found that, that through CR, um, I had anger inside that wasn't stemmed from somebody mistreating me. It was from a loss. And I never knew what to do with that, that anger. And it just kept coming out at my family. And so, through the steps of CR... I just started applying them to my life. If I can't apply them to my life, then how could I ever ask you to apply them to yours? So I can tell you that CR has made a major change in my home. Praise God. Amen. Oh, and <laughs> in so facto, I'm going to flip the script and ask you the same question. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Because it was so good, you come up with such a good question. So how has CR ministry benefited you as a minister, husband, father, friend, walking all of this out? I, I would say I'm, I'm going to come from a little different directions of not each one of those specifically, but my, my behavior, the spirit in me within all of them. I, I grew up uh, looking at myself and having the courage, and that's what I love about the ministry. It's it's not what you're doing is wrong. It's, it's, it's taking a look at myself. And, and when I can do that, it, it produces a heart of humility. And, and God flourishes in that soil in my life. So, so it, it, disappropriately, I cared too much um, what others, you know, I was a people pleaser. It, it, I wanted you to like me. If I had a party, I wanted people to show up. I mean, it, you know, or how many showed up or something like that. And then I got to a point in my life that I felt like I was codependent. It was like, hey, if I've got this in my life or someone in my life, God has done a mighty work in those areas. He, he has shown me that, that he, is a, he is enough. He is enough, but as I struggle, and I, and I heard in your answer something that spoke to me is that I, I carry this hurt in me because of... Uh, situations in my life you know there's nothing new under the sun i mean we're all going through you know take heart we're all in this battle but what satan does is like man this people if they knew and and we make it like we don't consider it a privilege to suffer but it is in christ when i can surrender to god then as desperately as i want your approval I'm limiting how he can use me. And the truth of the matter is that as, as passionately as I care about you, if I'm not focused on God, you may be the very thing that separates me from my love affair with God. And I hope you consider what I said. If I'm seeking your approval, 
It's misplaced. I'm sorry. I love you enough to speak truth to you. And that truth will resonate or, or, or will be received how it will be received. But I'll run around here like a ping pong ball if I try to get each and every one of yours approval. It's just not meant to be. And it's not because I don't care. It's because I trust God that if I do my part in service to him, and that is my focus, then I'll, I'll rest and he's going to use me to his glory however he sees fit. Amen. Okay. That's good. Good. I hope no one's timing these answers, Pastor. I, 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 I'm just saying. Okay. And, <laughs> I love you, bro. Okay. If someone has accepted Christ as their personal Savior, then why is it so hard for believers to walk in that victory? If someone has Christ living in them, why is it so hard to walk in that victory? Well, that's the whole reason that we have Celebrate Recovery in the first place is because I think that a lot of times we, we come to these places in our lives where, well, I'm saved. I don't need that. And that's why we have so many testimonies that say the same thing. That's not for me. And we automatically think, well, that's for those who are messed up. Well, guess what? We're all messed up. You know, I mean, we all, if we really could see what our heart was really in there, whether you coped with what's in your heart. See, a lot of people just cope differently. Well, our hearts are, you know, so the thing is, is that most people think that that's, that's exactly how they, they perceive salvation to begin with. You know, so we, we perceive that salvation, well, I'm saved, so now everything's fine. No, salvation is the starting line. You just got started. When you Amen. get saved, you just started. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So when you're in Christ, you get saved. That's the starting line. Now your race has started. The problem is, is we have a lot of Christians still sitting in the kiddie pool. They haven't even started the race. They're still standing at the, at the starting line, and, and we haven't gotten anywhere. That's why the Bible says that you're still infants in Christ. By now, you should be teachers, but you still have to learn the basics because you haven't left the starting line. See, it says, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things are, what? Becoming new. And the problem is, is that we don't see the process involved. We just want it to snap. We want, we want to rub the, the little lamp and it all just be okay and, and all be fixed in a moment, and we, we're not prepared for the work that takes. So here's the reality, is that you're on the starting line, and, and so if anyone's in Christ, so the old is on a process of going out. You didn't change overnight. You became a new creation in a moment. But the old things leaving, and they're all being replaced with new things is a process. In fact, Paul said in Philippians, he said, work out your own salvation. It's, it's going to take some work in, in this salvation road. And, and so 2 Timothy 4.7 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, fight the good fight, finish the race, keep the faith. Hmm. Well, there is nothing in our life as a Christian. <laughs> We're going to have to run a race we're going to have to fight a fight. And when we all, the death settles, the biggest thing that we're going to have to do is make sure that when all that's been said and done, when I finished my race and I fought the fight, I better be holding on to my faith. Thank you, so on the flip side, I want to know this. Mike, what was, so because it's like a lifetime of recovery, right? Amen. So in a lifetime of recovery, what's been the hardest part in recovery for you? Wow. Um, 
I, w I would say um, I've had tremendous um, struggles with control, you know, feeling like, you know, the greatest gifts that God has given me is my family, my, my friends, and, and, and things that I should be the most grateful for. Um, I've had an unhealthy understanding of, of what I've been given. And so rather than praise him and, and you know, there's, there, there's, to me there's like this chasm between uh, control and, and, and surrender to the fact that, that I didn't create God. God created me. So in my recovery, it's almost like I go to God and kind of, and I've literally said this, God, are you up there? Do, do you know what's going on in my life? And possibly you've said that also, like, God, are you, are you up there? So, so it's trusting the fact that we serve a good God with a good plan, but in the midst of this recovery, my ongoing is this surrender. And when I am weak, then I am strong. God, God, God gives me his strength, but we, we need to be honest enough, Pastor, of like, why does that happen? Because we finally put all our chips in the table. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I understand I can't do it on my own. And so for my recovery, for most of my life, it's been about if you will change, my life will change. And that's a fallacy. I changed because of what Christ has done for me, and I have the privilege of being used by God. And so do you. And I talk about this, um, this battle that we're in. It's a privilege to battle for the freedom that God's love affords us. It's a privilege. And so we get in a tough spot, and we, cry, you know, like party foul or something. Party foul my tush. God is using you. Pony up. Man up. Okay. All right now. All right. I don't have my answers written down, obviously. Okay. Hebrews 6, 11 and 12. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order that you will, what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promise because of their faith and endurance. It's a mouthful, but you read Hebrews 6 and you consider that. That scripture speaks of perseverance and witness. It talks about how we walk this life out, how others have influenced us and how we're going to influence them. So, Pastor, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel the ministry of CR helps us in understanding really the depth of that scripture, but also the responsibility and the charge of that scripture in our life of faith? So, you know, when, when, when we're talking about perseverance, one of the things that, that um, at first when I was thinking of Celebrate Recovery you know, there were so many things, ideas that I had that we should change it. Here's some areas that I think we should change CR in, because a lot of times I was thinking, well, it takes too long, and most people aren't going to hack it out for a whole year. That's kind of the point, isn't it? 
So I'm like, man, if we could shorten this up to about a three-month study, we might get more people to finish. But that's not perseverance, is it? To do a step study right, it will take you at the very least six months. Six months for you to really deeply inside find out all the people that you've hurt, all the things that you need. I mean, it is a step-by-step six months. And the thing is, is that when we, we so often try to rush through everything, right? We want to hurry up. I want to be fixed right now. And I don't want to go through the work. Well, guess what? It took a long time for me to mess up this whole thing and become the chocolate mess. It's going to take some time to get it all cleaned up, you know? So the thing is, is that when we start looking at, at Celebrate Recovery, it's not, if, if you're looking for a quick fix, this ministry will disappoint you. If you're looking for something to where it is going to cause you to every day start looking deeper inside of you and start finding more and more and more things that need your attention, then it is the perfect ministry because that's really what should be happening. We should be looking deep inside of ourselves, constantly looking for ways to, 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 to grow. And so the thing is, if it takes me six months to get through, it's probably already built in that perseverance as it is and so one of the things I remember when we went through our step study uh, going with Mike six months is only a suggestion when we did a step study it took about a year so um, but the thing is I was with Scott for an entire year and I got to know Scott and when you go through a step study together you're going to hear a lot of people like what's a step study that's when you start going to CR then we start talking about a step study but in a lot of ways, that's when you really build some of the longest and deepest for friendships that you'll ever have because you, for an entire year, are sharing everything. So, Mike, yes, I asked you what your great, the hardest part of recovery was, the hardest part, but I want to ask you what's your greatest victory. Wow. Um, again, that's my last, I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, I think... Um, you know, there, in Philippians, it speaks of God will complete the work that he began in us. You know, it also says forgetting what's behind, looking forward to the prize at the end of the race. And, and you, know, it, you know, and I can read those things, and I can confidently say that um, probably my one of or, or victory is, is my need for Savior, that, it, that it's been defined to the fact that I can, it's an ongoing daily renewal that, that, that I, I need the Lord. And, and beyond that, I would say, and, and I hope that I can portray this uh, or say this, communicate this, thank you, Lord, that I can say this, that I have to have this ability to, to walk in the confidence that I'm standing on this, this solid rock. As a, ch- a child of God, again, I'm not anything special. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm a child of the King. So as I, amen. So as I stand in that confidence, I, 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 I have to also come alongside this, to this vulnerability and, and willingness to understand of just how flawed I am. They, they've got to coexist. That, that I have to understand when I fail, and I will fail, that as the disciple said to the Lord, how many times do I forgive? Seven? He said, oh, no, boys, seven times, 70. Some of that, or the hardest part of that, 
is, is I got to forgive myself. I got to understand that, that the, the victory that God's love affords me is not in perfection. It's in surrender. It's in hunger. It's in obedience. It's, it's in, in willing to fail and willing to say, hey, Lord, I don't know what you got planned for me. I just, I'm thankful that I'm part of, part of your plan. And probably the greatest thing this might have to do with age because I'm getting so stinking old. I just think a whole lot more about the eternal aspect of what God's love promises. He says our time here is brief. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day to the Lord. So what am I acting a fool about a tough day? God's got eternity and a hope for me. So that's my greatest victory. Yeah, so thank you. That's good. I, I, I'm going to ask this question, and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you take over. Our, our Living Water mission statement, finding freedom to walk in purpose. How do you feel CR? How do you see or feel CR comes alongside that mission, that okay. statement? Okay. 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 So then, you're. So I get to preach the whole sermon. Is that what I'm understanding? You're not going to. What I mean, you, you just said you're going to leave, so you're leaving me on the stage all alone. Well, you're going to close it out. I'm going to. Okay. So, sounds like. <laughs> oh, I know what you were saying. <laughs> we were all going. Oh no no no. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> So, so the final question, he wanted, so our church, our, our mission statement here at this church, and, and I'm not going to preach a sermon, I was just joking, um, but our, our mission statement is finding freedom to walk in purpose, right? And, and, I, and I love our mission because it's very clear what we want to help you do, every one of us. I want it for me, I want it for my kids, I want it for you, every member, finding freedom to walk in purpose. I can't walk in, I, I can't walk my purpose out. What God has for my plans, the plans that are, are down the road, around the corner, I can't walk in those until I already have, I, I'm walking in freedom. And a lot of people want to skip the freedom part and skip right to that part. And I'm saying, no, take your time, get the freedom. It's a lot easier to continue to walk in purpose when you're having freedom than when you're trying to drag balls and chains and shackles into the future. So the thing is, is that our, our, we, uh, with our mission statement, we have two verses, one verse completely focused on freedom, which is kind of the heart of our, our freedom aspect. It comes from Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What did you think about it? It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ sets you free for freedom. And it says, so then, let me, I don't want to mess this next part up, so I, I, I typed it out for myself. So, um, Stand firm then, do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Okay, so it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So Christ has set us free. As a Christian, I'm set free. He set me free. So I want you guys to picture that. So him dying on the cross, I ask him, God, forgive me of all my sins, right? That's, that's, that's a salvation, that's a repentance. God, I'm placing my faith in you. Save me, forgive me of all of my sins. In that moment, he has forgiven all of my sins. I have a clean slate. He set me free. I'm free in that moment. 
So for, it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Stand firm. The problem is that we don't stand firm in our freedom. That's why we need Celebrate Recovery is because we keep going back. We keep putting ourselves in our own man-made jails. We keep taking ourselves back to the prison that we made for ourselves. We keep going back. Uh, and, and, and so, so it's like he says, uh, so anyways, I, I won't need to read, read do that one. But stand firm, then do not let yourselves. He says, don't, so, so he set me free. Don't let yourself be burdened again. I love that part, again, because so, it means that I have been set free from this. So I need to stand firm in the freedom that God has given me. I need to learn how to do that. That's why we learn the steps of Celebrate Recovery. Those steps teach us how to stand and continue to stand so that we don't go again back to the yoke of slavery. So how many times, give you an example on, on me. You know, when I was losing my temper and I was getting angry with my kids and I would yell and, and be a dad that I never wanted to be, I'm sitting here going, Christ has given me freedom. Why do I keep going? Why do I keep doing that? And it's not like I did it all the time, but why do I do it at all? Why does that ever happen again? Or maybe you're sitting here saying, well, God has set me free from, from using foul language, and then you catch yourself saying a bad word. Anybody? Right? Okay. Oh, so you guys are going to be honest today. Great. Okay. So, you know, and so then you find yourselves back in that, right? You find yourself. That was rhetorical, but thank you. So, no. Um, so, <laughs> well, hey, you guys are great. You're ready. You're already ready for CR. So, but what, what I find is that we so often, we, we get set free from something and then we find ourselves doing it again. Right? It, you know why we keep doing that is because we haven't learned yet how to stand firm. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm. Stand firm is not a one-moment thing. It's I have to learn everyday thing. So what's happened in my own life is that I've continued to realize, okay, Daniel, you're not God. Quit trying to control everything. You don't need your kids to do everything the way that you do it. You know, um, you know understand that God loves you and that he has a plan for you and he has the power to not make you an idiot all the time. Okay, great. Okay, you know, Lord, I need that. You know, uh, consciously choose to turn my will over to him. Well, that was pretty hard for me. When you're a control freak, it's pretty hard to say, God, I'm consciously choosing to turn my will over. You see, I've already, now I just walked through three steps, but I would not have known those three steps if I haven't had to use them in my own life. I'm learning how to stand firm in the freedom that God has given me. You can't stand firm if you haven't learned how. So I'm learning these steps, memorizing these steps so that when I'm an idiot, I can figure out where did I go wrong? Which step did I not use? So here's the thing that I want us to do today. So we always have prayer time. We always will take time and have prayer time at the altar. So we're going to open up the altar. And here's the thing. We've been talking about what the great thing about Celebrate Recovery. But I'm just wanting you to know one of the things that we've been really making sure that we let everybody know is that you're loved and you're welcome here. And we're glad that everybody's here, right? And so... But every one of us walked in these doors with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Every one of us. Whether you're honest about it or not, every one of us has hurts, habits, and hang-ups. 
And so sometimes some of the things that we need to do is to drop some of those hurts, those habits, those hang-ups off. And, and the thing is, is that what about CR is you, you may have to drop it off 20 times at the altar. Have you ever found out that sometimes you drop it off and you walk back and it's somehow like sticking to your back? And you're like, how did that get there, right? And then you have to come in. You know what? I don't care if you have to come here every single week. There's going to be a day that you drop it off and you're going to walk out and say, it didn't follow me out the door. There's going to be a day. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to continue to drop it off. And one day, we'll be strong enough to leave it, right? We're going to be strong enough. So here's the thing is, is that maybe you've got some, some hurts. Maybe somebody's hurt you and you have some unforgiveness in your life. Maybe you need to drop that off. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. You need to let go of that anger inside of you. Maybe it's some, some, some bad habits that you've been doing because you've been coping with the pain. Whatever it is. So I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. Whatever your hurt is. Whatever that brokenness is that's causing all the pain. Whatever bad habit you picked up along the way. Whatever you're hung up on and you can't move forward. The altar is open for you just to drop that off. You're not giving it to me. You're not giving it to those people standing on the stage. You're just saying, God, I'm getting up out of my seat. And I'm giving this over to you. So the altar is open. If there's anything that you need to drop off, 